But when you're working for God, when you're when you're doing the Lord's work, He blesses you as well. And so, on one hand, you've got God taking care of you, God directing you, God guiding you, God leading you. And on the other hand, you've got the enemy fighting you every which way he can. And God allows that to happen. And so, you get tired, you get drained, you get worn out, and then you get renewed in the Word of God. And it's so important that as we... uh, that as we continue in this ministry, that you that you keep tight to God. Oh, there you go. That you, what's that? Lapel mic. mic. Hello. Ah, uh, there we go. I didn't know which one I was using, and it's kind of flopped a little funny. I kept it loose in case I needed to uh, take it to you guys, because I'm going to ask for a little help as we uh, get going here. I want. I want to see if we can get you fellas to participate. Lord willing. And so I kept it kind of loose so maybe we can bring a speaker to you. So I'll put this here and I'll probably use this. But anyways. So as you're in a battle, as we're in this ministry, it's important that we we keep close to God that we keep tight in his words and we don't get too busy to spend time alone with God and to pray and I I had so many different messages and different teachings we could have done this morning running through my head this morning and last night I mean if you look through my Bible you'll see oh here's my notes from last night I never got to (laughs) this was a completely different mess if you look through my bible you see all different types of notes all different types of messages and i don't know what i'm doing but god does and he shows that to me again and again and again as i'm looking for something i'm saying god help me here and god has been faithful to guide and direct every single time and so i I almost wonder in my head when am i going to get to a point where i just trust god and stop trying to do things in my own flesh. This morning, God gave me a message. I didn't have a lot of notes for a lot of preparation. I've studied this subject out several times, which is the joy of the Lord. Amen. And, uh, but I don't have a, a message lined out just like I would want it in my own flesh. But I'd like it lined out. And so I'm like, God, if you want me to preach this, I guess I'll preach it. But you're going to have to help me. <laughs> and I believe he will. And uh, what I don't want to do is get up here and preach a message that God doesn't want me to preach. Even if I've got all the notes for it and God gave me a message, but he doesn't want to preach. Then he ain't going to help me and I don't want to do that. Because then not only will it be bitterness in your stomach, but then it will be bitterness in your mouth too. And, uh, and everybody else's, yeah. So, we're going we're gonna to do a little study on the joy of the Lord. Because it's important in a ministry to have the joy of the Lord. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. And without the strength of the Lord and the joy of the Lord, if we allow bitterness to creep in this ministry and we can have the right doctrine and we could even say the right things and preach the truth and we have no joy, 
then we'll miss a critical aspect. The strength of the Lord is the joy, the joy of a Christian. And that could be, it's not, it, it, let's not get this mistaken. We're not talking about just happiness. You can be happy, you can be sad. But joy is a state of mind that even when you're in pain, even when you're hurting, even when things are going great, you can have joy in your heart, in your mind, in your soul. It's something, it's a character that God puts in a Christian. That the devil tries to steal that. It's not just an emotional flowing around, you see. It's, it's who you are is joyous. Alright, let's get into the Bible here. This is our, our starting place. And we're going to go to a lot of scriptures today. And I want you guys to help me out. And if God puts scripture on your heart, don't be bashful, don't be shy. Speak up. We need, we need to participate on this deal. And, and also I want to encourage testimonies of times of your life. And I want you to be thinking about this. It doesn't need to be right now. I don't want you to make something up. What I want you to do is pray and ask God to, give, to remind you of the times that God has put joy into your heart. Because the testimony does help. It encourages me when I hear what God has done for people. So be thinking about that as we go here. We're going to start in 1 Peter. We're going to start in 1 Peter, and we'll pick it up in verse 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Now, real quick, I'm not going to go into this in great detail, but the strangers here, the, the Jewish people would refer to the Gentiles as strangers. And so he's dealing with strangers that are in Christ. See, an, uh, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to the strangers that are scattered out through here. All right, so the, uh, the stranger, we're getting to Gentile. And uh, uh, verse 2, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. That's what it is. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. His prayers that God would have grace on him. His prayers that they would have peace and that it would be multiplied. And that's what our prayer should be for each other too. Is that God would have grace on us and peace on us. And that's something we miss a lot of times is the peace that passes all understanding. And we ought to be a people of peace. We ought to, we ought to have peace in our minds, in our hearts, in our lives. We ought to have peace. Verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. Our inheritance is incorruptible. <laughs> our inheritance is undefiled. Our inheritance won't fade away like anything else in this world. But it's reserved in heaven for us, for the saved person. Verse 5, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. We're kept by the power of God. Amen. Verse 6, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, 
ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. He's talking to a persecuted church here, a church that's struggling. And they, they're in heaviness. And while they're in heaviness, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. He's telling them to do what? What did the verse say? Wherein ye greatly rejoice through now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. He's telling them to greatly rejoice. Verse 7, and, and here's how they get to the rejoicing. It's the trial of your faith. Look at verse 7. That the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perish, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto, the pra- unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom, having not seen, ye love, and whom, though now ye have seen him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you, Lord, for this ministry again. I thank you for this tent. I thank you, Lord, for your words. I thank you, Lord, that you speak to us. We don't deserve it, Lord. We don't deserve your mercy and how gracious you are to us, Lord God. But I sure am thankful, Lord, that you are gracious to us. I'm thankful, Lord, that you forgive us of our sins, Lord. I'm thankful, Lord, that you saved sinners. Lord, you've been so good to us. And Lord, I pray, Lord, you help us to be faithful, Lord. Help us to have the right perspective. Help us to get our minds stayed on you, Lord. I pray, Lord, you feed us this morning. Open the book to us, Lord. Meet with us this morning. Give us what we need, God. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God has been so good to us. He has been. I'm excited. Last night, God met with us. The night before, God met with us. Three souls saved last night. I, I can't get over it. Yeah, that's three souls, three, three little girls, three young ladies that went from death to life. They went from a, a journey toward to hell. And now they've got life from the Savior inside of them. That's right. if, if you can't get some joy off of that, something's wrong. I mean, that's, that's an amazing thing. My voice is shot. It's gone. <laughs> but guess what? There's some new names written down in glory. Amen. And that's something to be excited about. If you think about it, if we get nothing else out of this, we get seven souls saved. That's something. That's more than anything yeah. I could imagine we got out of this whole thing. It's been worth it all. It really has been. I'm not just saying that. There's souls, seven souls so far that have gone from death to life. Hey. They've got life now. And I want to encourage you guys to be faithful to pray for him. Be faithful to pray for him. All right. I don't want to get off on that. I want to focus. God told me to focus on the joy here. And and this is a great place to start right here because he's talking to a church. Now, you got to understand, the early church isn't like the church today. If this if this took off, Brother Josh, and, and, and become a church, and God born a church here, Yeah. 
we wouldn't have to worry right now as it stands. It might change here in a little bit, but right now as it stands, we would not have to worry about the government coming in and trying to shut us down and drag off our kids. The early church here, you said you were a Christian. You said you believed in Jesus Christ. They came knocking at your door and said, hey, you believe in Jesus? And if you said yes, they drag you out and they go persecute you. That's what was going on with the early church. So when you made the commitment to, to say, I'm going to follow Christ, you're, you're immediately looking at death. You're immediately looking at your family being tortured. You're immediately looking at maybe never seeing your wife, never seeing your husband, never seeing your children again. That's what the early church did. So when Peter's talking to the early church and he's talking about, oh, they're heavy. This is the heaviness he's talking about. I want you to get that in your heads. Because we feel sorry for ourselves. We do over a rough voice or as I didn't get enough sleep last night. And, and, the, and that, I'm not trying to make light of your problems. We've got problems. We've got struggles. And I'm not trying to make light of them. But I want you to get the perspective here that when he says that there are heaviness in heart, they're dealing with some very, very heavy things that would break most American Christians. And he's telling them, wherein ye greatly rejoice. I want you to get a hold of that. Because we're talking about Christians that were rejoicing when they lost their loved one because they wouldn't deny Christ. And they said, praise God. We're talking about Peter here. Peter, God used Peter to write this. And I want you to get this perspective. Peter, as they took Jesus, he said, Jesus, I'm going to stay by your side. I ain't going anywhere. And then what did he end up doing? He denied the Lord how many times? Three times and cursed because he wanted to fit back in with the world. And the little girl said, no, I've seen you. You were with him. And another man recognized him. Hey, you were the one that cut my ear off. I know you've been with Jesus. And Peter cursed and he swore and said, no, I'm not with you. That's this Peter right here. And he watched Jesus suffer for him. And he watched Jesus bleed for him. And he watched him go through all this. And I can't help but to think what it's going through his mind is after he got, after Christ came back, that he gets an opportunity, you see, to suffer for Christ. God allowed him to get back with God and suffer for him. And that caused him, caused him to rejoice. And he's telling him to rejoice. Even though you're heavy. Even though you have temptations. Greatly rejoice. Though now for a season. Tonight, or not tonight, this morning here. There's some heaviness. There's some heaviness. But I want you to get through this heaviness. And the reason there's heaviness is because we lose our perspective. Because we are in a battle. And, and I think of men that were in a battle. Um, you ever heard of Sergeant York? He wrote a diary, a journal. And Sergeant York was quite the soldier. I don't want to get too into detail in his life. But uh, he wasn't much of a writer. He, if you read his journal, it's all just it's broken English. And he got better as he went along. But they actually kept his original journal. And so he was World War One. Uh, and, uh, and he actually got saved, and he was a great shot. Would Out in K- Kentucky, I believe it was, 
and he'd win, you know, shooting turkey heads off with a crooked gun, stuff like that. He's just a good shot. And, and they would be like, he's an excellent soldier. Well, when he got saved um, and then and was drafted, he, he's like, I, I can't go kill people. And he felt such a strong conviction on it that he addressed his, uh, the generals and stuff. And, they, and he said, I, I'm sorry, I, I can't go to battle because God said not to kill anybody. And he's a baby Christian just trying to figure things out. And so they sent him home. You guys know the story of Sergeant York? Yeah. And so then he goes back off to war. And, and here's, here's what I want to get at. Is the battlefield's at a large place. It's a large place. And you get stuck in a trench. And you may be struggling in the trench. And you're not seeing that your overall army is... is is doing something and is getting somewhere. Right. Amen. So you may be in a trench and you're battling and you're fighting and that's an important part. And then the overall battle, God's doing something. Last night, for example, there was a huge battle going on. Yeah. And we were experiencing some discouragement. I was, yep. being honest. Yep. I was in discouragement. And, and, and God dealt with all three of us and said, pray. Amen. He did. God dealt with us. And so we're in our battle and we're crying and we're praying out to God. And in the overall scheme of things, the devil did not have power to go against God and do anything against God. And more people were saved last night than we've seen all, all this whole time. Yeah, that's right. And my point in that is don't get discouraged because you're stuck in your little part of the battle. Right. Amen. Trust God and let the trial of your faith Look at this. You believe the Bible? We believe the Bible here? That's right. I believe the Bible. I try my I believe the Bible, and this is what it says. That the trial of your faith, verse 7, being much more precious than gold that perish, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. You know, this is what the Bible says, that the trial of your faith, that means when your faith is put on trial, you say, God, I want to serve you. Yeah. You say, God, I, w- I, want, I want to follow after you. And so God sets you up on it. You prayed out to God and said, God, draw me closer to you. You say, God, help me to have a closer walk with thee. Right? Amen. And God takes you up on it. He says, okay, I'm going to put your faith on trial. I'm going to try your faith. You, you see if you mean it or not. Was it just talk? Was it just words? I'm going to try your faith. And when God puts your faith on trial, it's more precious than gold. Why? Because you get to see what's real and what's not real. Yep. And if you were just saying a bunch of words, God will expose it. And that's what we need if you're just talking words. And if you meant it, then God gives us the strength. God gives you the ability and your faith will come through for God. And that's more precious than gold. And because of that, because of that process, the heaviness, the trying of your faith. Listen, verse 8. Whom having not seen. I've never seen God in the flesh. But I love Him. You love. And whom, though now you have seen Him not. I haven't seen Him. But I believe. You know, He said to Thomas. That's great that you got to put your fingers in my side to believe. That's great that you got got to feel and touch me. But blessed are they that don't see. And yet believe. 
And, and I've never seen Christ in the flesh, but I believe him and I love him. And that, look at, look at it, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Full of glory, God's glory. An unspeakable joy. And that means what it says, joy unspeakable. Sometimes you can't even talk about the joy that God has done for you because you're in trial, because you're, but you've got the joy. Of the Lord. What's that song? I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart. And what comes out of the heart? The abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. The joy is in your heart and it comes out of your mouth. And it might be way, way down there. It's unspeakable. It's full of glory. And you've got... You've got to get the perspective down. That the joy is not based on how you're feeling. The joy is not based on the circumstance. The joy is based on God and His glory and how good He is. And your faith in God. That's what the joy is based on is your faith in our Savior and what He's done for you. It's believing without having seen. It's loving Somebody you haven't physically seen. And because of that love, because of that belief, you have this joy. And so that's what I want to look at this morning. We're going to get into the message now. Go to Romans 14, 17. We're going to look at the Bible here, what it talks about joy. And we're not going to look at every reference. We won't have time to do that because the Bible says so much about the joy of a Christian. It's all through this Bible. God's been so good to us. Don't let the devil steal your joy. And we're going to back up just a little bit. Uh, Romans 14, 15, But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkest thou not charitably, destroy not him with thy meat, for whom Christ died. Let not then your good be evil spoken of. Don't be fighting with your brother. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's what the kingdom of God is about. It's about the righteousness. It's about the peace and the joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable of God and approved of men. Let us follow after the things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. So it's, uh, what he's talking about here is don't destroy each other over, oh, I ate this. Yeah. Or you didn't eat that and we can bicker and we can fight with each other. He's saying, hey, you know what you ought to be talking to your brother about? The peace that God has given you. The righteousness, the breastplate of righteous, God's righteousness and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's what I want to rub off on you guys, and I want you guys to rub off on me. And that's what we ought to be going for, not... Oh, I'm, I'm going to use myself here. I like coffee. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I wouldn't plan on saying nothing about it. But I like coffee. And you know what? It could be wrong, could be right for me to drink coffee. I've, God's given me liberty to drink coffee. But we don't... We could fight over that. We could. And some Christians do. They go, how in the world do you got caffeine? You're addicted. And they get this fighting contention and and they'll 
and they'll, they'll separate. And I'm not. There's edify, edifying in that, and we should grow closer, and and we shouldn't want our brother and sisters and and stuff to struggle, and. and and be addicted to things. We shouldn't. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is you can fight and bicker over anything. It could be how you played the piano. Yeah. It, could be. It, it could be, oh, I was really hoping that you'd, you'd pick out the song, Joy Unspeakable and Full of Glory, and he didn't. You know what? I, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. We could fight over anything. Or, or if you're walking in the Spirit here, what we can focus is on the righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. This is the New Testament church, and they're destroying. Destroy, look at this. But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkest thou not charitably. <laughs> they're grieved. And there was some meat that they had offered to sacrifices and other things. And, and they were like, oh, can we eat it? Can we not eat it? Oh, look, they're, they're a wicked person. They're eating it. Oh, look, he's eating pork. He's not eating pork. You know, he eats healthy. He doesn't eat healthy because he doesn't look at his temple. And, and you can get on all this fighting here. And this eating thing was a big deal to them. Yeah. Not so much here in the U.S. I mean, it is, but it isn't. It's not near as big a deal as it was to these, these folks here. But... It was a big deal to them whether you ate or didn't eat. And if you look through the, the, the dietary laws in the Bible, it was a big deal back then. And they're carrying that over and, and, and they're fighting over it. It was a big deal. Yeah. And he said, hey, if you're getting grieved over that type of stuff, you missed the point. Destroy not him, thy meat, for whom Christ died. Don't destroy your brother over stuff. Christ died for him. Get that in your head. Get that in, in, your, in, your, in your picture when you're dealing with each other. And here's what you want to wear off. You want to wear off the righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And joy in the Holy Ghost. Turn one over. One chapter over. I don't know if you have to turn. Romans 15, 13. Now the God of hope. Do you believe that? God is God of hope? Yep. Fill you with all joy and peace and believing that ye may abound in hope through ourselves? No. Through a song? No. But through the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. You understand it's not our joy. Amen. It's not something that you have to conjure up and, and, oh, if I play the right beat and I can get myself jumping and now, oh, I'm, that's, the, that's not the joy we're talking about here tonight or today. <laughs> we're talking about the joy from the hope and the peace that the Holy Ghost gives us. And there's power in that and there's joy in that. And if you want to be filled with the Holy Ghost, and we prayed about that yesterday, didn't we? That's right. You preached on that. That we ought to be filled with the Holy Ghost in order to do the work of God. We need that, right? Well, if you're filled with the Holy Ghost, what the Bible says is that you are filled with all joy and peace. So if you, if you think you're filled with the Holy Ghost, but you're missing joy, something's off. Right. Amen. Something's off because what the Bible says is that the Holy Ghost, if you believe, look at it. Now the God of hope fill you all with joy and peace and believing. We ought to be filled with joy, not in our flesh, not because we, we got all jived and stuff like that because of the boombox music, right. not because um, even my wife smiled at me right. You understand, it's not a fleshly thing here. Right. It's from the Holy Ghost that gives you the joy. 
It's not something we just conjure up because it's something you conjure up. Then the next guy that irritates you, your joy will be gone. Just like, just like that. But if the Holy Ghost gives us joy and gets you the right perspective in your mind and fills you, there'll be a joy that you'll actually have. And now you'll have to continue to renew your mind and the Holy Ghost will continue to give you joy. But if, you're filled, if you think you're filled with the Holy Ghost and you don't have joy, something's off. Because the power of the Holy Ghost will give you joy. That's what the Bible says. Amen. And if at any point you guys have a testimony of how God gave you joy, raise your hand and we'll get to it. <clears throat> All through the Psalms, David talks about joy. But let's do one more in the New Testament. Go to 2 Corinthians Chapter 2, verse 3. We have something to have joy over. We have a lot to be joyous over. And this ministry right now, this setting up the tent, the work that we've done, you know, God didn't have to save seven souls. He didn't have to do that, but He's done it. We have more than enough to have overwhelming joy. It, you're not, not in the battle. You understand there's heaviness. Yeah. You can be heavy and still full of joy. You can have Amen. temptations and still have joy. And that's what I want to get to is, is the fact that you can recognize both of those coincide. That's the Bible. Is you can be heavy, but still full of joy and greatly rejoice. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. We'll start at verse 1. But I determined my, this with myself, that I would not come again to you in heaviness. For if I make you sorry, who is he then that maketh me glad? But the same which is made sorry by me. <laughs> He's saying, I have a hard time here because I didn't want to bring this heaviness onto you. And I didn't want to make you, make you sorry. Verse 3. And I wrote the same unto you, lest when I came, I should have sorrow from, from them of whom I ought to rejoice, having confidence in you all that my joy is the joy of you all. Amen. Did you catch all that right there? There was a lot there. He's saying that he, he, he didn't want to bring heaviness and sorrow over to you. Yeah. And so what he's doing here He's having confidence. He said, look, look, we'll read it again. And I wrote this same unto you, lest when I came, I should have sorrow from them whom I ought to rejoice. He didn't want to be sorry over the people he should have been rejoicing over. He's getting his own heart right so he doesn't bring heaviness over to another church. Because he didn't want to drag them down. And that should be our, in our mind is not to drag each other down with our heaviness and our sorrows. Amen. But we should, have, we should rejoice over what God is doing. And having confidence in you all that my joy is the joy of you all. We have a church to have joy over. Amen. Right. It brings me joy. We've seen Christians come in here that brought joy to me. Christians that are still Amen. out there. Some old saints that are still going. As they, I talked to Brother Junior last night. And he's, he's talking about being a Q-tip. And souls still getting saved because they're listening to God's using him. Amen. And it, it rejoiced me. It gave me joy to see another brother in the Lord keep going. And if we think about it, I can think of some old saints that have just continued and continued. And that ought to bring you joy. Amen. That my joy is the joy of you all. He's taking joy in that church. 
Look at verse 4. For out of much affliction and anguish of heart, I wrote unto you with many tears. Not that you should be grieved. He wasn't trying to hurt them. He didn't want to grieve them. But that you might know the love which I have more abundantly unto you. He didn't want to grieve them. He didn't want to hurt them. He didn't want to bring them affliction. But he's being honest. And I'm not, and, and here's what I want you to get. The joy of the Lord isn't a fake. I'm going to throw on a fake smile. I'm going to throw on, on a fake and I got to be, oh, oh uh, I'm so happy. I'm so, oh, you know, and, and that's garbage. And it makes, that honestly makes me sick when I come to a place and everybody's just fake. Paul's not fake. Our example isn't to be fake. So don't mistake having the joy of the Lord with being fake. He's being real and honest. He's saying, I have joy in you all, and I don't want to grieve you. I don't want to make you sorry, and I should be rejoicing. And my joy is the joy of you all. That means Brother Gabe may have all types of joy one day, and he gives me joy. And my joy would be the joy of Gabe, or Josh, or myself. You see what I'm saying here? We take joy of each other, but we don't, it's not a fake thing. There's affliction, there's anguish, there's heaviness, many tears. But he didn't want to grieve somebody. And we should be careful. You can learn from this. Not to grieve each other. Not to bring the heaviness on each other. That doesn't mean we can't pray for each other. But if all I do is complain. And all I do is talk about how the world's going to end. And how bad things are. And how... You see what, I'm, what, what he's getting at? He, he's saying he's got tears, he's got problems, but he doesn't want to just overburden and afflict and grieve a church. Amen. And it's important we get that. And people have caused him grief. That's verse 5 here. But if any have caused grief, he hath not grieved me. Or cause grief, people that cause grief, be in part that I might not overcharge you all. He doesn't want to overburden them. He wants to be joyous to them. He wants wants to lift them up. And that should be our prayer as Christians. Is to lift each other up. And to cause each other to have some joy. Too often times we use church as a complaining circle. Where we talk about how bad the world is. And and we drag each other down. We grieve each other. And we say oh my this society. But what about what God's doing? What about the souls that get saved? What about your kids' closer walk with God? What about as they grow and as we can focus on those things and they give us joy? You know something? I think of our dogs. I have a dog. I have a bunch of them. I know you all have a dog. That dog's at a new location, new house right now. And it's just as happy as could be. Just as happy as could be. And if you get on to him, a dog typically gets over it pretty fast. Yep, that's right. We can learn from a dog. You know, we ought not to be all so grieved and burdened and, and carry around that heaviness with us when we've got so much to joy over. I think of my little children, Caleb over there. He's sleeping, praise the Lord. But you look at his face, he, he's fallen down a couple times, hit the tile, and he's got bruises. And he's got mosquito bites all over him. And this morning I held him. Kristen was holding him. And he come and he wanted to snuggle with me. And he's just so happy because I was holding him. 
And what I'm, what I'm saying is you can be afflicted and the, the mosquito bites ain't going nowhere on him and, and he's still got a, a bruises and stuff. And, you, and, the, and the devil could be, could be hitting you and could be grieving you, but you have the joy of our Father with you through the Holy Ghost. Now we're going to look at some Psalms here. Go to Psalms chapter 5, verse 11. Psalms chapter 5, verse 11. God's been good. That doesn't mean we've got to pretend like there's not a struggle, that there's not heaviness. But we ought to have joy that exceeds those things from the Holy Ghost. Psalms chapter 5, verse 11. But let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. He's saying, if you put your trust in God, has anybody here put their trust in God? Has anybody here put their trust in God? Then you ought to, you have something to rejoice over. I'm reminding you of that. That's what the Bible's reminding of us. But let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for. Let them ever shout for. Let them ever shout for. He's talking about shouting here. I know we don't, our voices are worn out, but let's hear a shout here because the Bible says shout. Let them ever shout for joy. joy. Praise the Lord. We've got something to shout over. We've got a joy here. We've got, we've got something to trust in. You know, this world's got nothing to trust in. We've got something to trust in. We've got something to rejoice in. There's lost souls that went from death to life. We've got something to shout over. Praise the Lord. We got to be joyous because thou defendest them. God defends us. We don't defend us. God defends us. You've got a father that defends you. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. Hey, did you get a hold of that? We're not joyful. Brother Josh, I'm not joyful in you. I'm not joyful in, in even my family, although I am joyous that God gave me a family. But you understand, if my joy is based off of how my family is doing and how they're feeling, it would come and go real fast. Yes. But if my joy is based in God, it'll stay. It'll, it'll stay with you. And you can renew it with the Holy Ghost. Because our joy is in God. Our joy isn't in how things go. Our joy is based in God. And God does not change. God does not stop just defending you and protecting you as one of his children. And I don't, when I say that, I don't mean that, that God won't let anything ever bad ever happen to you. But he'll give you the strength to go through that. Like with Job, a lot of bad things happened to him. And it wasn't because he was sinning against God. But he, God gave him the strength to go through that. And that's an amazing deal. That's one of the, the hardest things you can ever look at is what God allowed to happen to Job. And I'm not going to go into great detail on that. But even Job said, yet though he slay me, yet I will trust him. Though he slay me, yet I will trust him. That's what God can do to a person. Is give them a joy because it wasn't based in this life. And if you get your perspective off of this world and off of the things going on and get your perspective on God, that will give you joy because you'll see how temporal this life is. And we'll remember to die is gain. There is no sting in death. We're victorious over death, over sin. And that will bring joy back into your life. It ought to. Something's wrong if it doesn't.
So we have a God that defends us. And in God, we rejoice. Turn just a little bit, uh, a few pages over here. We'll go to Psalm 16. Psalm 16. Psalm 16. And we'll pick it up there in verse 10. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Praise the Lord for that. Thou wilt show me the path of life, and thy presence is fullness of joy. Is fullness of joy. And thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. And David went on easy street. And thy presence is fullness of joy. There's a fullness. A fullness of joy in the presence of God. So ask God to meet with you. Ask God's presence to be with you and on you. And there's a fullness of joy with the presence of God. At thy right hand are pleasures forevermore. God, God knows what you need, when you need it, how you need it. And He'll give you the fullness of joy. I think a big part of the problem is, as Christians, we don't always want to be full of joy. There, I think of this guy at the fire department, and every morning he comes in. He refuses to say good morning. He just kind of grunts. Oh, oh. He comes in, everybody says, good morning. And he just, uh uh-huh. And so we've started interpreting for him (laughs) and saying, well, that's that's so-and-so. He just said good morning. (laughs) And he gets, he he enjoys the reputation of being grumpy is what it really comes down to. If you catch him outside of the, the fire station, he's actually a pretty happy guy. But anytime on the fire department, He's just, I mean, as grumpy as can be, just, give me that radio, everything's wrong. I mean, just, he just has this, this act. And as Christians, the reason I bring that up is because as Christians, we can get into that way of where, oh, we're just grumpy, bitter, oh, oh, oh we're just, oh, this world's going to hell, oh, I'm just, bless God, we all got a little bit to be here, I can't wait, and it's just horrible out here, and I just can't get away. Uh, and, we, and we almost pride ourselves in being grumpy. Right. And we don't want the joy of the Lord. That's right. And there's a whole a whole section of Christians that really they just they just really are happy to be miserable. That's right. And it spreads from that church to that and I've seen it. Amen. And that's not what I don't want God help us that our ministry doesn't ever get that mentality. And as we go into evil and wicked cities, if we are not careful, not only will we lose the joy, we will not want the joy, and we will want to be miserable and callous because we've seen garbage that shouldn't be going on, and we'll get bitterness in our hearts, and we'll have no joy, and we won't want joy. Even though God will give us joy, we don't want it. God help us that we never get that way, and we seek the joy of the Lord, and the fullness of the joy, because there's power in it, there's strength in it. Turn to Psalms 21, verse 1. The king shall joy in thy strength, (laughs) O Lord, and thy salvation. How greatly shall he rejoice. 
The king shall joy in thy strength. There's joy in the strength of Almighty God. And we're not talking about... And I want you to grab a hold of this so much. It's not based on the government and God making the government or things like that happen. The strength of the Lord, although He could, God could do that. God could change the government. But it's not based on that. The strength of God is when three girls last night, three ladies last night, go from life to death. You talk about strong. He ripped the power of Satan, all the blindness. He just whipped it off of their eyes and off their head and said, Here, I'm going to make you from dead to alive. No man can do that. Nobody can, can do that other than God. You talk about strength. And the king shall rejoice in thy strength. We rejoice and have joy. The king shall have joy in thy strength and God's strength. You, get, you should have joy because of the strength of Almighty God to save sinners. Amen. God is strong. And thy salvation, how greatly shall he rejoice. Amen. God saves. Jesus saves. Amen. And that ought to give us joy. Yes, sir. It ain't a fake, phony thing. It's a real joy of the Lord. And the strength of God. Turn to Psalms 30. Psalms chapter 30. It's all through this Bible. We won't look at all of them. But we need to look at some of them. And get the perspective from the... Break the bread today. Grab a hold of this. Eat it. As Brother Josh said, eat the book. We got to eat it. Your spirit needs this. Amen. That's right. What is it? Thursday, right? Yeah. It's rough. Yeah. It's a back and forth. My voice, we got different problems. We can swap all our problems or we can focus and we can break the bread of life and say, God, feed us and help us. And you can grab a hold of this and leave here with a smile on your face and a smile in your heart, thinking about what all God has done. And you'll have joy that this lost and dying world needs. Or you can turn it off and shut it off and say, I don't want the joy. I like being miserable. We don't need that. God don't want that. It's not biblical. Psalms 21, is that where we're at? No, we're in 30 now. Psalms 30, and we're verse 5. Uh, we'll back up. Let's back up to verse 1. I will extol thee, O Lord, for thou hast lifted me up, and boast not made my foes to rejoice over thee. O Lord my God, I cried unto thee, and thou hast healed me. O Lord, thou hast brought up my soul from the grave. Thou hast kept me alive, that I should not go down to the pit. Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of His, and give thanks at the remembrance of His holiness. You remember how holy God is? You thank God for His holiness? Verse 5, For His anger endureth not but a moment, and His favor is life, and His favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, Come on, you guys know this. But joy cometh in the morning. This is a real book. God is real with us. He's not fake with us. It's not some phony baloney stuff. There's sorrow in life. There's hard times. There's weeping. And it may endure for a night. You may cry yourself to sleep. I've done it. Anybody else ever cry themselves to sleep? 
Yeah, I've done it. But joy cometh in the morning. You don't stay there in that sorrow. You have to remember what God did for you. Look at what he look at look at how he gets to that point when 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 God's bringing us along here. He doesn't just come to this. It, it, there's a reason you get the context of Scripture. He's crying unto the Lord. He, he, he's remembering that he brought up my soul from the grave. Thou hast kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit. Has God saved your soul from hell? Is God, uh, remember what God has done from you, for you. Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints. Give thanks and remember of his holiness. Remember how good God is. He didn't have to save you. And his anger endureth but for a moment. God wants you to make things right with him. He's a forgiving God. He's a merciful God. He's a loving God. Aren't you glad? Don't you have joy that you don't have to stay in your sins and be burdened over? You can go get it right with God. And He will forgive you. And He will purge you. And He will help you. We serve an amazing Savior. And there's to be joy in that. You can find some joy in that. Look at uh, Psalms 35. Turn a couple pages more over. Psalms 35, verse 9. Uh, We'll back up. Verse 7. For without cause they have hid for me their net net in a pit, which without cause they have digged for my soul. Let destruction come upon him unawares, at unawares, and let his net that he hath hid, catch himself into the very destruction, let him fall. He's got people that are trying to trap him and destroy him. We have an enemy that wants to destroy this ministry and destroy us. And he's setting pits up all over the place and God just says, guide this right around the pits. And my soul shall be joyful in the Lord and it shall rejoice in his salvation. You should have joy in your salvation. And the salvation that God Almighty has given to us. God has been good. God has been so good to us. Let's look at just a couple more here. We're going to go to Psalm 51 and we're going to to finish this up. Has there been a time where you've gone from weeping or from being sad to, to having joy? You know something? I'll get personal. I'll give a testimony. It's hard to ask for you all to give a testimony and not give one myself. There's been several times that there's joy. Lord, help me. Guide me. There's joy when a baby is born. There's joy when you see a baby born. And me and Kristen, we've had our fair share of miscarriages. And there's some weeping. And it's sad. It is. And you don't just get rid of that sadness. You don't. It, It hurts. It hurts real bad. It hurts right now even just thinking about it. But God is so good. And He's given us so many children. There's a lot of people that can't ever have as many children as we've had. God has been good to us. 
And He gives us joy when He brings a new life into the world. God, He restores our joy. He gives you something to be joyous over. And I'm not sitting up here pretending like everything's hunky-dory and you will not have problems and you will not cry yourself to sleep. But God surpasses that with joy. If you can get a hold of this and get the right perspective in your mind and see into eternity, then God takes away the sting of death. He takes away the, the, to, to die is gain. That's what the Bible says. And I've got to believe his words and grab a hold of that and grab a hold of the salvation that God has given us. And this is a temporal world. Life is but a vapor. It's going to fly by. And all that's going to matter is you and God, your relationship with God. And that's enough. And there's something to have joy over in that. I'm not denying there's heaviness. You understand? I hope you get a hold of that. Amen. I'm not denying that there's not things to weep over. I'm not denying that there's you get worn out, you get tired. I'm not denying there's not problems in this world and on this life. But they pass. And what does not pass is our Savior. What does not fade away is our God and what He's done for us and the salvation He's given us and the strength that He has. We don't lose that. Amen. You've got to grab a hold of that. Do not let the devil steal your joy and get you so focused on this temporal life. There's tragedy in this world. And we can choose to focus on all the garbage and all the junk and let the devil just steal the joy right out of you and you be weeping and miserable and grumpy and give up and quit on God. That's what will happen. I've seen it again and again and again. Grumpy Christians don't continue serving God. They don't. They quit. Then they, they usually drag other Christians down with them. And maybe it takes some years. But grumpy people make other people grumpy and they want to just leave. And they do. And that's where the devil wants you. And if he can get you focused on all the junk and say, hey, what, what about this over here? And hey, what about that over there? And what did he say? And why did this tragedy happen in your life? And you can, get, you can let the devil do that and get your mind focused on that. Or you can get your mind focused in this book and let it give you strength. And hold on to something and have the joy of the Lord in your heart. Amen. I hope this helps you this morning. Amen. Psalm 51, verse 8. Actually, we'll back up. Verse 5. Behold, I was shaped in iniquity in my sin, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts. Amen. God wants truth in the inward parts. He wants you to be honest with Him. And in the hidden part, thou shalt make me to know wisdom. I encourage you to pray this right here. Purge me with hyssop. And I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. The bone that the bones which thou hast broken, which thou hast broken, may rejoice. If you're broken, and God has allowed you to be broken, pray. Ask God to give you joy. He says, make me to hear joy. You may get honest with yourself. Be truthful with yourself. 
You may want to be mad at God for what he's allowed to happen. And David is saying, purge me, clean me up, and make me to hear joy and gladness. Because my bones are broken and they don't want to be joy. They don't want to have gladness. They want to be bitter. God, help us. Heal the broken bones. Help them. Help my broken heart. Help me to want to make me glad, make me joyous. That's what he's saying. Make me to hear joy. Because your ears, you can hear it and have nothing to do with it. Jesus talking to him said, you have, you have ears, but you hear not. Yeah. And the Bible also says, be not hearers only, but doers. We can sit there and hear it and not hear it. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. God's allowed broken bones. He's allowed broken hearts. And guess what? God desires a broken and contrite heart. Because when you're broken, you see how much you need the Savior. And you can get bitter and mad and turn on God because of the brokenness. Or you can allow it and say, God, help these broken bones. Help this broken heart. Help this broken man. Help this broken lady. Help us. Make us to hear joy. Make us to hear gladness. Because I can't do it. You get it? You can't do it. Just like you can't fill yourself with the Holy Ghost. God does that. The Holy Ghost has to fill you with joy. You can't do it. You can't just say, oh, in my mind, I'm going to conjure this thing up. And I'm going to be full of the Holy... You know, you get on your knees before God. And you pray that He fills you with the Holy Ghost. You get on your knees before God. And you pray that the Holy Ghost gives you joy. Because you can't do it. Make me... To hear joy and gladness, that thy bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Amen. I hope you get a hold of that. Make me to hear, or okay, hide thy face from my sins. Amen. Amen. And blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. That's a good prayer right there. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. He lost his joy and he's asking God to restore it. He's asking that God make his ears hear it. That his ears hear the gladness, his ears hear the hear the 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 joy, and restore the joy from God's salvation, the salvation unto him. And and if you get a hold of this, he's asking in order for this to happen, in order for the Holy Ghost to fill you, in order to be filled with the Holy Ghost, you've got to get your heart right with God. You understand? You have to you have to ask God to create in you a clean heart. You can't clean your own life up. You have to ask God to clean you up. And as God cleans you up, you have to ask God to fill you with joy. Don't try to conjure it up. And that should be our prayer. And if you're not full of joy and you're not full of the Holy Ghost, something's wrong. Lord, help us. Lord, help us to want the joy, Lord. Restore the joy to us, Lord God. I pray, Lord, 
that we wouldn't be content with being bitter, that we wouldn't be content with being grumpy, Lord, and we wouldn't, in our own flesh, put, try to push forward and make something happen in our own flesh, Lord God. Help us, Lord, this morning. Help us to want the joy. Make our ears to hear gladness. Make our ears to hear joy. Restore the joy to us, Lord. I pray this ministry will be a ministry of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost just working through us, Lord, and restore the joy to this ministry that we can go to this lost and dying world, Lord, and, and, and show them the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is our strength. That's what you've said, God. And Lord, you've given us more than enough to be joyous over. You've been so good to us. You've given us families. You've saved souls. You put a song in our hearts, Lord God. You've been so good. I pray, Lord, that you wouldn't allow the devil to come in and steal the joy of this ministry, Lord. Bind Satan over this ministry. Help us, Lord, to restore our joy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Brother Josh.